Welcome to Self Worst. I am Brad Pearson. This is a podcast about inspiration, day jobs, bad habits, mental health, trauma, art, spiritualism, imposter syndrome, perfectionism, the mirage of meritocracy. Each week, or realistically, whenever I put this podcast out, a couple times a month, whatever, artists, designers, Losers, dirtbags, musicians, degenerates, comedians, actors, fuck-ups, scholars, crazies, filmmakers, veterans, sluts, commies, weirdos, activists, addicts, teachers, fatties, queers, and all other types of beautiful people join me in a discussion of what to do with this stupid, sacred life. Are you blessed or are you cursed With a strong imagination and a spiritual thirst Do you want to confide about the darkness inside Come and talk about it on self Worst. We're back. I know it's been a minute since I've put out a uh, interview episode with another person where I'm not just talking to myself. Um, so, we got a big one for you. We're going to do a big, long two-hour interview with Stormy Gale, known to her uh, 25,000 Instagram followers as Stormy Gale Art. That's her handle. That's where you can follow her. She got more followers than me, I'll tell you that. And you know what? She prob- I'm going to go out on a limb. She's probably got more followers than you. That's a lot of followers, which is cool. But... As we discuss, it's not all there is to her. She's more than likes. She's more than followers. And uh, this is a this is a great interview. I I wish, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I love all of my guests, but this one was just very easy, easy to talk to, very game, very down for uh, the whole bent of this show, and. Uh, it was just, a, it was a breezy, two hours went by, and it felt like nothing. And, uh, you know, I was going to put this out as a two-parter, because, you know, you want to stick to about an hour, but I don't know. Fuck it. I mean, people listen to Joe Rogan prattle on for, like, what, three and a half hours an episode or some shit? I don't listen to it. I don't know. But they, they go on a long time. And you can, you can hang. And if you can always turn it off and pick it up again later. Listen to it in pieces. Break it up into a part A, part B yourself. How about that? Why do I got to do all the work? I've done a two-parter episode before. And, you know, it honestly kind of felt like a cheat. Like I was trying to get two episodes out of one thing, you know? I don't want to do that to you. You know how I, like, I barely even put out any fucking Patreon uh, bonus material. I barely even put this out. So, like, why, you know... Why, why fleece you anymore, dear listener? I hope y'all are doing well. Um, I hope you're uh, embracing, not just uh, accepting or enduring the winter, the darkness, the cold, but embracing it. We had a s- couple of snow days in a row. It is presently Groundhog Day, uh, one of the weirder American holidays. As I listen, uh, as I listen, as you listen, as I talk, (sighs) 
Yeah, you're probably not listening to this on Groundhog Day because I'm going to put this out later this week. But it, right now it's Groundhog Day. Unless it continues to be Groundhog Day uh, in perpetuity, then I got a whole other situation. Anyway, I hope you're having a good winter. I hope you're embracing it. I hope you're enjoying finding some way to uh, not only live through but embrace the snow, the slush, the darkness, the bullshit. And, uh, you know, hope you're still hope you're still masking. Hope you're staying away from other people. Um, you know, I, I, and you know what, I, you know what else? I hope you're getting vaccinated. I hope I know a couple people who have been vaccinated so far. That's exciting. That's a nice light at the end of the tunnel. Um, you know, we'll see how it all pans out, whatever. Um, this is already uh, a long boy of an episode, so let's just get right to it. Um, oh, uh, you know, plugs, uh, please rate and review uh, on uh, iTunes, all of that. Uh, give us five stars and uh, write a nice little thing. Make me feel good. I don't even care what it does for the podcast. I just want it to feel good for my feelings. If you could write something affirming and I, I'm a good boy, I do a good job. If you could tell me that. Thank you. Um, Patreon.com slash self-worst. Kick in a couple of bucks. And uh, I'll continue to probably be a deadbeat with, uh, with bonus material. Sorry. Um... I'm going to get bonus material out to you sometime. Anyway, let's just fucking start the episode, shall we? Um, it's 2021. Joe Biden is president. Yay. Let's talk to Stormy Gale. Let's start with your Instagram. Um, you have uh, 20, 25,000 followers or over 25,000 yes. followers. Um, and you, yeah. you started the account uh, not super long ago. I think it's ago. like 25. Yeah, it's 20, 25 point something. So it's... it's, it's yeah, it's a, been about a yeah. year or so. A year or so. So that's, I mean, that really blew up. Not, not bad for a year. Not too bad. <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, I, I noticed it, like, uh, gosh, I think it was ooh, around October is when those numbers started to, like, really go up. And, um... That was like kind of when things started getting posted to Reddit and, you know, all over the place. And all of a sudden people are like, oh, I'm going to follow this person. And boom, boom, boom. You know, I went from having just like a thousand followers, which I thought was amazing. I was like, oh, look at me. I've got a thousand followers and 10 patrons and I'm doing great. And uh, and then it just skyrocketed from there. It was like 10,000. 15,000, 20,000, now it's 25, and I'm like, oh, wow, okay, and then 57,000 on Facebook. Wow. How, how did that, um, you know, how did that feel? What was, what's what's that been like over this last year? Uh, so, you know what, honestly, mostly positive, because all of the people that follow me are relating to content that's very positive and encouraging and even if it's sad or a little bit morbid it's always people who are in kind of the same boat so it's very few and far between that I get any flack or issues and considering how many people that is 
that's pretty darn good um you know for being an artist and not ruffling any feathers or anything like that yeah i mean i so I, it's I, just I kind of like a, there's not a whole lot of shall we say controversial stuff in your you know in your work i mean you talk a lot about hard stuff uh depression mental illness stuff but you know it's not like you're going after politicians public figures or anything like that so i don't, I don't really know i can't picture anybody like taking an issue with your <laughs> comics she's being like hey uh, don't be depressed uh, yeah. or whatever the fuck like people would... i mean people You'd say people say some dumb shit you would yeah <laughs> they really do <laughs> there i had uh i think on one of the first um few comics that got popular it was like somebody really they wanted they just really wanted to make it political and they were like those damn liberals and I was like oh you know what uh I'm not even gonna let that just sit there I'm not I'm not just not gonna respond I'm just gonna block you from everything because I don't think you deserve to be here because I don't mm. know and I, that's not okay um you're being like totally off the wall i don't know why you're even here like who are you who invited you to this party <laughs> like what or people who are like um oh i posted a comic because my doctors down here spell it disassociate and yeah. that's just all what all my paperwork says and that's what all my therapists said and you know they're like disassociated and, and etc well there's also the more modern spelling is dissociate you dissociate and oh my god people were just like oh my god i can't believe you misspelled this i'm like well technically it's not misspelled it's just spelled a different way you know and it was like why is this the thing the hill that you want to die on is how i spelled stuff that i'm dealing with like i don't i think we're in the same boat but if you want if it makes you feel better you can you can make it dissociate. I. You can go ahead, just scribble yeah, it just out take on the one, one syllable out. It's not it. a big deal. <laughs> yeah. We can all kind of settle down here a little bit. Like, yeah, I was like, it's fine. Y'all can like, you know, scribble that on out. I had somebody, um, it was really cute because it was that, that um, you know, I'm busy disassociating in Target, which is what I go do. It was just based off the... Uh, disassociating and Ikea that happened to me Um, and (laughs) they were like hey is it okay if I put a mask on the skeleton I was like go ahead I don't care just doodle it on there and they did and it was I was like that's really adorable that's funny and uh, they had a good you know people are really good humored for the most part I had again very few and far between have people caused any issues and you know, 57,000 people on Facebook. Yeah. That's where boomers are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was going to say, like, Facebook is where people get weird. Like, I don't even really go on Facebook anymore because I'm just like, I can't. Like, I don't they, like the past, it. like, five years or so, I've just been like, yeah, I'm going to slowly step away from this app. Probably for the best. Yeah. I, I use it because it's such a good resource. It really is as an artist. And um, it's just, I connected it to my Instagram to make it a little bit easier and I love the community on there and everything that I've mm-hmm. built so it's not too too bad every now and again you know um there's issues and it's just a pain in the butt the the functionality of it is just awful but mm-hmm. it's a wide audience you get a lot of shares and shares means more people follow you and more people following you means more people are interested in what you're doing and 
that means more patrons and more people who want to support, you know, the book or the print or the pin, etc. So, yeah, I I don't really get bullied or anything like that, which is very nice considering. (laughs) And uh, I do get met like I think the best thing about it though is that I the the messages I get from people that are like, "Hey, this really means a lot to me, and you've made me feel seen." and I saw this in my therapist's office. I, I can't believe somebody else is out there and you made me, you know, or I sent this to my friend who really needed it. And it, you know, it just meant a lot. And people are making quilts out of my stuff or, you know, stuff like that. And I'm just like, oh, it's what I love about this. This is what I wanted, you know? Yeah. And with so much of, uh, of how the COVID shutdown has been people are really having to face being alone with themselves and how awful that can be Mm -hmm. so i think it's especially relatable now yeah it's been i've spoken to a couple of people who have had big you know big things happen big successful things happen uh either with their careers or their family you know they get married they have a kid whatever their career takes off during this year when everybody's like oh fuck 2020 and blah 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 and it's just like well I mean sure it wasn't all bad though you know like I I understand that like you know there's there's big bad events going on but you know also like life goes on and and things are happening for people sometimes yeah exactly and like I've seen good and bad like you said you know and and I really liked um the, I, I was listening to your podcast because I was like, I love podcasts. I love, you know, finding new ones. And I was like, okay, well, if I'm going to be on here, I should probably like know something about it. And the uh, one where you're talking to your friend that you do community work with in Red Hook, hmm. and especially with like the water shut off and th- how you guys are talking about that. And I was like, man, community support is so important and like I I feel like I'm small potatoes in that scheme because like yeah okay I'm like I'm I'm helping people with my art and that's what I want I want people to be like yes this helped me in a way and this made me realize something and you know made me feel comfort but you know people out there are getting their water shut off and not being told about it or you know unable to get clean water and stuff like that so it's like um I feel like I'm doing my best with what I have for it but I'm still always it's again that imposter syndrome am I doing enough am I worth any of this am I deserving of any of this and COVID has amplified that not that it's changed much for me I don't leave the house anyway (laughs) right well I mean look I wish First of all, I wish that all of my guests prepared as much as you did with actually like listening to the show before they come on and everything. So I really appreciate <laughs> that. Um, that's great. Oh, yeah. But uh, I mean, honestly, oh, like what you're doing, you know, like there's that's one of the big questions of the life of an artist is, is what we do really that important at the end of the day? You know, does it put food in people's mouths? Does it put roofs over their heads? Not exactly. But like there is more to life than that there is art and beauty for the sake of it and that is something that enhances people's lives and and gives people 
gives people something gives people something on a on a visceral human level yeah. that it that is that is important i maintain so i mean even if you're not you know i like, agree getting people <laughs> you know drinking water and stuff like if you are feeding them in some way spiritually i think it's i think it's just as valid i completely agree uh and and that's one of those things where that internal struggle of you know I try not to, you know, talk about a lot of my philanthropy stuff, not just because, you know, I don't think I need to, because I'm not looking for um, the the praise of doing it. I'm just trying to do it. But I saw a post on Facebook and it was like, somebody was like, hey, this food bank has a line wrapped around it and they could really use money donations and people. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to use my platform and get some money for them. And I posted, hey, I will send you a postcard with print and you just shoot me your address if you donate above $20 to this place. And I'm, I helped raise about $300. And it was a really good, I was like, oh man, okay. So I am like, that felt good. Like I got to help my community a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, that, that was a small little thing that I was like, oh man, okay. So I really am making, you know, people trusted me and my art and who I was enough that they were like, yes, I will absolutely donate $50 to the food bank in your community and help out. And I was like, oh, I have a platform now. I can do so many things. And I try to keep everything very, um, I guess, relatable in an overarching term because I want people to project themselves into these characters as much as possible and be able to be like, yes, I trust you because I see myself here. Um, But I, like you said, I think art and music and and creativity in general is it's feeding soul it's making people um have a life there's so much beyond it it's the whole well why do poor people need cell phones well, i don't know because like everybody has a cell phone that's how we communicate yeah. i don't know yeah no that's just Are like you saying- part of living in society it's just ridiculous <laughs> i mean this exactly. is the thing when i talk about you know when i talk to people on this podcast when i think about the whole message of this podcast and I didn't set out to make a political podcast. Um, and, you know, there's there's another podcast that I take as a big inspiration, if not like just outright copy on this show uh, called The Mental Illness Happy Hour. And he kind of as a rule tends to avoid talking about politics um, just so that he can bring in as many people to the conversation as possible which I get. Yeah. But my approach, I guess, just since I'm a different person with a different show has just been like, we have to talk about this. We have to talk about politics. We have to talk about the economy. We have to talk about how you have to talk about class because this affects yes. people. If, we're, if this is about mental health and self-worth, then that affects your sense of self, uh, how you grow up and how much money you have, how much uh, entitlement you feel to the world around. Oh, yeah. Exactly. It's, it's the, the nurture part of, of growing up. It's the influence. And, you know, my little brother, 
is also an artist. We are, we have completely different styles and most of our life, like, you know, we, we were close, but completely different people. And you can definitely see where his work and how he is in the community versus, you know, and, and how he portrays things in his work is so different from from how mine is and we were having a conversation and he was saying a lot of this stuff like hey it's a, it's a lot of this it, are you know it, where are you coming from it's got you know political social things like that and then also what is popular like everybody right now can relate to in some form of feeling that depression that anxiety that sadness that ache chronic illness everything so they see somebody else that's in that same boat or in any form of that they're like oh okay I like that I'm gonna keep going with that and podcasts like what you were saying the it was like the depression happy hour or something mental illness happy hour Mental illness happy yeah. hour. I love that. <laughs> it's great. I, I would recommend it. If you've never listened to it, it's it's one of the best podcasts out there. It's fantastic. I'm gonna have to because yeah. I love that. I'm I'm mm, I'm definitely a a murder podcast listener oh, and a medical podcast. Okay, listener. okay, okay. There's plenty of um, those. Oh yeah, there's plenty. But I like new stuff too. Mm. And um, you know, when I grew up, I I was raised from a very young age up until around five by my grandmother, um, my paternal grandmother, and she was so into murder and like that, you know, Dateline and stuff like that. So into I was the like concept very of murder, not into murdering people. Oh well, okay, okay, no, actually, um, that is a. <laughs> Yes, I, and then she actually did uh, she actually attempt murder. Uh, no, I mean, okay, so <laughs> I tell this to people when they ask about my family and especially my dad's side because completely different from my mom's side. My grandmother was an immigrant from Ireland. Like as a, as a kid, they were in Chicago. Um, she had a billion kids and a billion boyfriends. She ran her own bar and she drove her own cab. So she got married to my grandpa, Manuel, and he came over from Mexico and was in the army. And um, so they're married and she suspected him of cheating. And so she, <laughs> she stabs him and um, throws him in the back of her cab and drives him out into like the middle of nowhere, uh, outside of the outskirts of Chicago in like, 1960s or so 1970s maybe um and digs a hole and he he gets up and is like no no we'll make up I didn't cheat on you I promise I'll I will never I would never I will never and she's like okay but I already stabbed you so you're probably gonna go to the cops and he's like no I'll prove it to you let's have sex right now and that's I think how one of my aunts was conceived yeah. Wow, that's some real shit. <laughs> yeah, so she raised me. Fucking Catholic immigrants do not fuck around. No, they don't. Oh my god. And she, okay, so she definitely made a better grandma than she did a mom because there were a lot of things she did that were just like that's just kind of the way. Sure. And had 
so I'm like, yeah, sure. Yeah, I, <laughs> She's, yeah. I, I feel like once you, you know, like you get your stabbing out and you, um, you know, you, <laughs> you kind of get that out of your you, system. You, you, you raise a couple of kids, on. you're an empty nester. Yeah. You get into your sixties, you, you settle down, you become a cute old lady. Yeah. Yeah. Something like, <laughs> well, like my, my parents divorced. Um, I was four, but even then they weren't really like around around and I have no memory of them ever being together. I have no memory of my little brother until we were about like six or seven because we were raised separately like he was raised with my aunt I was raised with my grandmother because they my parents were military and they were in the navy so they were gone and divorcing so they just couldn't be they were just so busy um that they just couldn't handle two young kids my grandma lived with us so she took care of me and my aunt Betty would come over and take care of Charlie so um we you know had our special things, you know, yard sales and murder. Yeah. <laughs> like any, any, you know, grandma and granddaughter, of course. <laughs> and I, uh, I, I just, when I think back, I don't really think about, yeah, she was a really bad mom to a lot of her kids and she did a lot of terrible things I think about the Thanksgivings when it was like four of her husbands her ex-husbands lined up in a row sitting next to each other and um they all got along <laughs> I mean you it's know they're Eskimo of... cousins so you know it's yeah exactly <laughs> that's a way to put it <laughs> um it's Inuit oh yeah that's right I'm sorry yes. <laughs> I mean you know it, it is sorry. kind of a fratty term so I think it's uh yeah you yes, know, there we the, go. The, the racial politics of that term aren't quite so uh, up to date. Let's, um, we got to update it. <laughs> Inuit cousins. They're Inuit yes. cousins. There um, you go. So let's talk about, uh, you know, your upbringing a little bit more and, and give us some snapshots from, yeah. you know, Lil Stormy um, that, that sort of shaped I, who you are ooh. now. Oh, all right. Well, uh, a lot of it's kind of sad, but <laughs> a lot of it's not. My, my mom was an artist and she focused mainly in pottery and ceramics. Um, my dad was a musician and again, and he was also a pretty good artist. They divorced when I was young. Um, and I think I really got onto that people pleasing thing when I realized like, nobody really was paying attention to me. I was like, oh man, what's, uh, you know, my mom ended up losing custody because of it because she was depressed. She was really not doing well and I can't even blame her, you know? I mean, that's she not didn't... how the, the generation did not deal with depression. It wasn't a concept. Exactly. Then. So. Yeah, it, they just ignored it. And f especially for my mom, there was like, there was something underneath that, that, as a kid, I didn't know. I was just like, well, my mom's just in bed all the time reading. I don't know. She wasn't very social. We think maybe it might have been autism or a brain injury from when she was younger. But she just was very, like, such a, I mean, I'm not saying that she was, like, as just out of it totally. It's, she just definitely was depressed. And she really should have had a therapist. And probably 
a little bit more help. And I really wish that I could have, but I was a kid and yeah, she ended job. up losing. I, I it wasn't my not, job. Yeah, yeah. I hope that you don't think <laughs> that any of it's on you. Oh God. Not until I was a teen at least. Yeah. <laughs> but like once, once she only got like weekends, it was, you know, oh, we go over to her house and we do whatever we want because she's reading or whatever. And my dad was very much the disciplinarian. I had to be very perfect. I had to set a good example. Um, we ended up adopting one of my cousins because my aunt overdosed, uh, which is like a running theme on that side of the family, obesity and addiction. Um, so that's like just genetics and yeah, you know, they were just predisposed to it. And especially, you know, they live out uh, in the hills and especially with the opioid epidemic and everything, it was just, you know, a disaster yeah, waiting to happen. Yeah, unfortunately. So I kind of grew up um, going back and forth between those two what, parents. Um, My... What medium did your mom work in? Oh, she was, uh, so she kind of did a little bit of everything. She was, she was a painter and everything, but really her, her best work was, was pottery and ceramics and god she was so talented and i loved working with her and going she ended up getting um later on in life hired at a ceramic studio for the, the city that we were living in in virginia and she was amazing and a good teacher but just she really really loved clay and she had those strong arms to work on that she used to work on aircraft and literally was a, a plane mechanic. So she was really strong. She was and, literally Rosie uh, the Riveter. Oh yeah, absolutely. She had like, yeah, she, she had, had guns. Cool. I wouldn't want to get like, I would try to be like, I'll arm wrestle you. Oh my God. Yeah. I was just like, I'm not, I'm not arm wrestling my mother. Right. Nope. I know it's a fun bar trick for her because she would just destroy people. And that's, that's the clay work in hands, but you know, we, I still have pieces of hers. Like I have an entire closet full that I, I am giving out slowly to family members that she wanted them to go to, but she was also a hoarder. So it was like, uh, very hard to organize with that and keep everything balanced. And she wouldn't let me have coloring books as a kid. And I remember this distinctly. And later on, I asked her, I was like, Hey, why didn't you let any of us have coloring books? And she goes, oh, because I wanted you to learn how to draw. You can't learn how to draw if somebody already drew your picture for you. And I was like, oh, okay, well, that makes sense. Like I did end up drawing my own pictures to color in. And I, I don't think I ever owned a single coloring book. And when people gift me them, I'm like, oh, thanks. I will never use this, but right. thank you. <laughs> and that was just one of those, influences growing up with her as an artist that really paved the way for everything else that I did from I started drawing comics at a really young age and she was very encouraging um, my dad was very encouraging but you know also he was kind of distant and then he was also with my stepmom and you know it's just kind of like things got really good for a while and then things got really bad so you know art just kind of was mostly something that I did to hyper focus on and and I didn't want to show people but I also did win every middle school art contest they held so suck it 
<laughs> and it was around that time you were diagnosed with ADHD. Yes, <laughs> exactly. And, um, and to the surprise of nobody, right. uh, they didn't want to diagnose me with depression quite yet, but they were like, yeah, you're, you definitely have anxiety. And my parents were like, okay, but what do we do about that? And they were like, oh, nothing. Uh, they were like, oh, okay, we will continue to verbally abuse our daughter. Then. Right. <laughs> we will change nothing. <laughs> so they just, they took you and they diagnosed you when you were like 12 and, and then that, that was it. They're just like, oh, she has yeah. it. And so, okay. Ta-da! No well, Ritalin, and like, and no, then... no therapy, no. Oh like, no, no. Cognitive no, no, no. therapy, any, any kind of uh, nothing. Nothing like oh. that. No, because then I would be, then I would be wrong. I would be, I would be, a problem. But if I was just diagnosed with it, I, they didn't have to do anything. They just knew now, and it changed later on. Eventually. I had to advocate for myself because my dad and my first stepmom split up. He is a serial marriager. I don't really, it's, it's, I really wish I could say it was polygamy, but it wasn't. But, you know, um, everybody thinks like when I say, oh yeah, my moms, they're like, oh, cool lesbian moms. I'm like, nope, the not fun kind of moms uh, where it's <laughs> nothing against my stepmoms I love them um all different all very unique and uh but you know he and I love my dad too but you know he's got to own up to it he he fucked up a, a bunch and has no place or you know pedestal to stand on and yet he sure does um so he moved to Florida and was like all right, y'all coming with me? Nope, I'm not because somebody has to take care of my mother. And my brother was like, peace, I am gone. I am so out of here. This was when? I this was high school or? This was right as I was going into freshman year. Yep. Okay, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, whatever. I was like, okay, well, my world just fell apart. And now I'm like living in a whole other place. There was a lot of stuff leading up to that. And a lot of it was very much... Um, uh, traumatic you know you never want to have any of this stuff happen and it it's never just divorce it's everything leading up to the divorce right. that's the problem uh, and so you know he moved to Florida then he got like a Chinese girlfriend named Sung and then I went to visit him and we went to Disney World and then he broke up with Sung. So half the time he's at Disney World, he's angry because he's getting blown up by Sung. And then he's like, yes, I'm dating Ping now. And I'm like, great, I'm so glad for you. You ruined Disney, but you're, you've got a new girlfriend already. I'm so happy, dad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Ping, he has been married to the longest though. And I will say, I love her so much she's wonderful and then we lived in China for a while and it was great and very fun and she really keeps him in line she's just a really sweet and endearing woman I, I'm glad she's there to take care of him because I would have murdered him long ago right. <laughs> yeah so um tell me tell me about the wig 
Um, oh, you, 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 in your pre-interview uh, uh, questionnaire, uh, you said something yeah. about a, a, a wig and uh, oh, watching boy. The Office and, and getting into sort of a, a loop there. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about yeah. about those days. So, okay, that was uh, that was like, ooh, gosh, right after my mom died. So my mom was diagnosed with stage four cancer. She'd already had breast cancer three times before beat it every time double mastectomy chemo you name it was there for her with it etc but this time she went into the hospital like so sick and I remember specifically because I had pneumonia and she called me and was like hey I'm really sick I'm going to the hospital and I'm like what okay what are you like in an ambulance she's like yeah I drove home got in and I called 911 I'm like oh okay, well, keep me updated. Uh, my aunt calls me. She's like, hey, something's really wrong. You know, that doesn't make me feel better. And I have pneumonia. I can't like leave right now. It's, you know, December 11th is when she went in. And then it was like, your mom's going into surgery. And I'm like, oh, for what? So we're, you know, I'm freaking out. I'm thinking, oh my God, you know, she's got um, E. coli again. She got E. coli one year. Or, and then one year she got uh, tetanus because she stepped on a, a rusted nail and couldn't feel it. And it was like in her foot. It was a whole thing. So I'm thinking, oh my God, mom, what did you do? And of course I show up and they're like, hey, so your mom's intestines were eaten away by, I don't want to say cancer, but I think it was cancer because I'm just the surgeon. But the pathologist will tell you, but I've seen cancer and that was cancer. I'm like, I didn't what? How did this happen? They're like, yeah, so it ate away at the intestines and just separated them. So her entire stomach was full of disgusting feces. Oh yeah, she's in septic shock right now. Okay. And they're like, yeah, so I took the two pieces and I put them together, but cancer on cancer doesn't usually fuse. So we may need more surgery. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening? So they do, they, you know, she becomes delirious because she's in shock and is septic and all this stuff. And her second surgery, they completely remove a large portion of intestine and give her an ileostomy, which is the liquid one and not the like actual, you know, formed one. Um, and she has a giant whole wound in her stomach and her and you know oh the fancy word the peritoneal cavity and they were like so you know how spider webs look and I'm like I'm goth yeah I know how spider webs look and they were like okay so your mom's abdomen is just that but it's cancer like oh thanks so she was in a coma and I lived either in the hospital or in my car or in the ICU wherever she was I was so when she was there, I was with her. I didn't work. My husband worked from home so that, you know, and I, I would see my kiddo. He was four at the time. And, you know, his dad would come and take him for longer periods of time. My husband would be there. And I just, I lost all connection with the outside world. It was just me taking care of my mom. Once she woke up, because we didn't think she would, I was like dedicated to it. It was, she only has 
possibly weeks to live and she made it seven months. So I spent seven months wherever she was and she wasn't really the same person. So it wasn't like I had company. She was not always there and guests would come in and I'd have to entertain them and such while she's in hospice and all these things. And so when she died, I didn't, I hadn't, I, I, not only was I grief stricken, I was medically traumatized because I, I had to become a, a nurse. I have no medical background. I had to learn all this stuff. I didn't have to do that anymore. So I wasn't cleaning up vomit. I wasn't cleaning up shit. I wasn't washing my poor decrepit mother who could no longer sit up. She was vomiting all the time. I didn't have that anymore. I didn't have her, someone that my whole life revolved around. Like, not to get me wrong. I lo- like I said, I love my dad. He's had his faults but I was there for my mom. I took care of her. I wasn't, I probably shouldn't have at the age that I was, but that's what I was doing. And, you know, I was an adult with a family and I was getting married that year. She made it to my wedding, which was on her bucket list because we like rushed it. We were like, okay, we're going to do it now, 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 now. I'm like, I'll get married in this damn ICU if I have to. And my husband was like, uh, maybe don't like right. we can, we can, you know, maybe we can wait. And I was like, no, no, but you know, she made it. We danced. I've got pictures of her all around the house. I came home after she died. And like, I was there in the hospice with my older sister, who is my half sister and my younger brother. And I, it was morning. And I was talking with my older sister while Charlie got some sleep. My brother, Charlie, got some sleep. And uh, it got really quiet. And all of a sudden, my mom breathed out. And we were like, oh. And we all got with you know to her side and held her when she died. And I watched her eyes. And the soul or whatever makes a human a human was gone. And they closed. And she breathed out. And when she breathed out, the label of caretaker just dissipated. I didn't have anything anymore to do. Like I, I was a mom still, but God, I was so depressed and I was worthless. And why would he want, you know, why would my kid want me for a mom? Why would my husband want to be married to me when I, I have nothing? I've been taking up all of my time doing this, you know, hard emotional work and labor intensive any of the facilities she was at none of the staff there was there was so little staff to people their ratio and they I don't even blame them they don't hire enough nurses especially to take care of my mom who was so high needs because she had a giant wound I had to learn how to pack a wound I had to learn how to change everything and do it myself because they couldn't give her her medicine, take her wherever she wanted, get her in and out of a wheelchair. And then eventually she had, you know, nephrostomies. I hadn't socialized with the outside world, except like my friends being like my condolences or coming into the room when she's in the coma and being like, oh my God, I didn't think it was this bad. I just thought, you know, she was like sick. And I'm like, no, she literally has a tube down her throat I don't know what being in a coma looks like to you but this is what it looks like and (laughs) she can't talk so I don't you know I I was very isolated and when I got home 
after she just breathed her last breath, they give you two hours to get your shit and get out because they're coming to take her away to, you know, yeah. fry her up. <laughs> and uh, I sat on that couch and I didn't get up. I made, you know, for snacks to eat. And again, whatever, like you said, with the office, um, I had to. I, that was a that was an obsessive compulsive coping mechanism that had no reason. I had no reason for that. I didn't. I watched The Office one time, and I it's okay. Parks and Rec is my favorite, but I did. I was like, absolutely not. No Parks and Rec. We're not watching that. Right. We're watching The Office. And if you don't hear that theme song, you're gonna kill yourself. And so that's all I did. I drew. I ate, and I watched The Office, and I didn't move. So when it came time to leave the house, it was like trying to get, you know, have you ever seen that video of trying to get a cat into a bath and they're like, no, 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 yeah. no, no. I was that and I couldn't. I was like, no, what do I, oh God, I don't even, I don't want people to look at me or talk to me or recognize me or anything. I don't want any of that. I don't, I don't even know. My, my thoughts are going to float away and my hair had fallen out and gotten so tangled that I had to chop it all off. And I was like, Oh, a wig. And I had like, I just had a wig. I was like, oh, I have like, like you do. I'm like, you know, and you you, you should have at least one. You never know when you're going to need it. I have three. You should have it. See, there you go. You never know. Well, it's very lovely. I, and those curls. Look at that. Yeah, I'm not. I put my hair in a ponytail because I was like, oh, I don't think he's going to care that I'm looking lazy today. Because um, <laughs> it's voice. It's a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I put on the wig and it made it a little bit easier. And I was like, okay. Okay, I can do this. I can go to 7-Eleven. Yeah. All right. All right, I'm going to 7-Eleven. Was it like you know? a, now was it like a convincing, like human looking wig or was it like a crazy like share wig? It was convincing. Okay. It was, people thought it was my real hair. And the trick is if you don't touch it, people don't realize half the time, you know, like don't fiddle with it. And people will be like, oh, that's, that's your hair. And it was the nice kind, you know, the, the like, oh, it's got like the net and it's like, oh, it's got a hair part and everything. Right. It looked really, you know, it, I still have it. It looks really stylish. I would sometimes, you know, be like, oh yeah, it'll match my outfit better, you know, but I don't need it anymore. And <laughs> I couldn't leave without it. And I don't know if it was like a, it wasn't a tinfoil hat thing. I wasn't afraid that I was going to get radio signals into my head, but my anxiety told me that if I didn't wear it outside, when I went, I was going to get killed or I would die or something. And I'm like, the wig is going to protect me. It's not bulletproof. Like if somebody's going to kill me, I'm going to die. Like there's no, it's not, not armor it's a it's a wig and so that was my one of my coping mechanisms and my poor therapist when I finally signed up for therapy it was one of the first things I brought up I was like hey so I think you should know that this isn't my hair I wear a wig outside when I leave the house and I can't leave without it or else and she's just like okay, okay. can you finish All filling right. up the we paperwork got a, <laughs> we got our work cut out for us yeah here we, <laughs> here we go and like she she was so great with it and i gotta say honestly taking medication also helped a lot mm. like i what got prescribed 
So I am on, they started me with uh, Wellbutrin and Clonopin at first. They were like, let's treat the depression and anxiety first, and then we'll do ADHD. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that's fine. And you never realize, oh, God. Oh, I was like putting my coffee cup down right. and it was like, no, I don't want to. Um, so yeah, they were like, yeah, maybe we should uh, give you this first. And you never realize how much you needed that chemical help until you start getting it. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, wow, I was imbalanced. <laughs> I mean, you don't say it. like this was like I was listening to you talk about this whole thing that happened with your mom and seven months of taking care of her and her having yeah. a spider web of cancer or whatever the fuck that looks like and oh, yeah. a whole like a like a fistula in her abdomen like that is crazy shit that you never should have had to take on and so like it is no wonder that <laughs> you go a little weird at the end of that like because that's yeah that's, insane that's huge so you know like you i i think honestly like a wig is you know compared comparatively uh, i think you, you handled it pretty well honestly yeah i would say so it could have been way weirder like it could have gone you know it could have gone although real weird. I, yeah i'll say like you know it was uh, a wig it wasn't her hair that you were you know putting on and like pretending no. to be her there was you know there was there was a lot of other ways this could have gone <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, it was, it was a totally different wig. It wasn't, it wasn't, no, no, not at all. But however, um, no, I'm just kidding. I, I do have her ashes. They are in a box. Um, they're in the same box that they gave us from the crematorium because I just can't find anything that she would like. And I know for a fact that she would just hate if I put her in one of those cheesy vases that they make that's like dearly beloved is resting in peace in this ashtray and she would have hated that she would have absolutely killed me so i'm just waiting for the time but like as soon as this all happened and i was like getting ready to be like yeah i'm gonna go out to her birthplace to this specific national park and we're gonna spread her and then covid hit and i was like or she could just live on my bookshelf. Ah, you know, yeah. so she's just, just well. there. They last a long just time, you know. Well. It's not going anywhere. It's like, thankfully. Her whole I career as a potter and she never made an urn or any kind of like <gasps> thing you could put her ashes you in. Think. That's just kind of a lack of foresight. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Well, she didn't even have a will, let alone an urn. Goodness gracious, this this woman. And I mean, you know. We both were, were kind of that ADHD where we put it off until it's too late. And hers just happened to be when she was dying, it was too late. Right. She was a hoarder. So her house that I am still taking care of and trying to get fixed because it was that bad, had to be entirely gutted. Paperwork was like, what is that? Uh, I don't know. It's going in the garbage. Um, <laughs> so we're still like, I'm still dealing with her procrastination and uh even towards the end i was like all right mom let's get you this will and uh she she did you know we i got it made up and basically it was very simple it was there was no detail in it and it was like oh i'll be the executor little did i know how awful that would be and my one recommendation to 
anybody whose parent is dying and you are able to do this hire somebody for that it is terrible it is the worst i am very anxious in general so i showed up to the courthouse in a wig and they made me take it off so they made <laughs> i was you like take it off this was right after a shooting at there at the courthouse um like a guy in a which wig is, well no it was just really a gun in the, under his wig <laughs> i don't see what the wig has to I, yeah, I think it was because there was like metal clips or something uh, in it. Okay, okay, yeah, okay. I was like, oh man, really? You're going to make me do this? And they were like, you can put it in the locker. And I was like, I'm not putting my wig in the locker. And I'm like shoving it in my you know, bag. And they were like, oh, you also can't take the bag in either. Just your keys and your wallet. I was like, thanks guys. Well, I'll just hold all this in my hands, you know, whatever, just loosely carrying binders of paper and my keys and my wallet thanks i'm totally wearing pockets right now and everything and right. <laughs> i was like not fun just get get somebody to professionally take care of that and oh my god they'll usually take the money out of all of the end of life stuff anyway so you're not paying out of pocket and just that's my big yeah no that's 100 percent what i'm doing like i can't even like Ooh. process any of that shit like and i know that i'm oh. not going to be able to do it while i'm also in grief so like i'm already like mm -mm. somebody else is going to have to like i'm like too much of a dumbass it's just not gonna happen <laughs> maybe my sister I... can do it i mean she's a lot smarter than me don't you I dare don't... put that on her i was the I'll sister do... that Listen, had to do I'll it do the other shit. i was I'll the... clear out the house yeah, well... i'll do all okay. that stuff like but i'm all not right, doing fair. the paperwork <laughs> i i had to do it all because my poor so my brother doesn't drive because um there was like a traumatic car accident and he just doesn't do cars um when i pick him up to go anywhere he has to like look downward and can't like look outside the windows stuff like that and totally get it but like so i'm driving out there taking care of everything he can go and he can um I'm the one that does all the paperwork. I'm paying two mortgages, all that sort of thing. Oh my God. Just, it would just be so much easier if she had planned for anything, but you know, whatever, there's nothing I can do about it now, except for take care of it. <laughs> How do you plan for a spider cancer web? Like it, yeah, it's not a thing you, you plan don't. for. Nope. And you, you know, the, the regret and grief that you feel when you're like, what could I have done? I mean, I can't have done anything. I'm not, I'm not a doctor. I wasn't her doctor. And I, I didn't know, yeah. you know? Mm. Um, I want to talk a little bit about, um, about when you were, you had an answer. Let's see. Um, you wanted to go to a, um, an art school or a, or a art focus <laughs> oh, program yeah. when you were in a, like, was that high school age? Um, it was eighth grade. So eighth about grade, middle, yeah. about middle mm -hmm. school. So, oh yeah. Okay. So you were, you were newly ADHD'd and, oh, yeah. uh, there was, <laughs> so I guess it was your school district had a, had an arts focus program kind of thing. Yeah. So it was, it's really cool how it works around here. Um, the high schools, so we we're called the seven cities and everything's really interconnected and Virginia beach, which is now a really big jumping point for like music and cultural stuff since Pharrell started doing that, you know, um, big concert series where, you know, 
it's a pretty nice area over there. And is the he from there? Is, I, I don't. Yeah, okay, him, cool. him, and Chad Hugo. Yeah, my oh, dad okay. actually uh, helped design Chad Hugo's house, which was really cool. But he, you know, it wasn't really um, very well known until then. But we have a lot of military people, so a lot of rich families and stuff like that. And the school districts are pretty well off. And some of them have different programs. So there was a science program. There was a um, like a an art program, and then I did a computer uh, programming. Yeah, my school, my stuff school like had that. something very similar to that. Yes, and like different kids would go to different ones, mm-hmm. and each school had a different one that they hosted. And I was like, I want to get into this program so bad because can you imagine like oh, that's art. That's all I want to do. And that's all I do anyway. And all my teachers, you know, were just kind of like, okay, sure, if you want. And I filled out the paperwork for it all by my lonesome. And I like, I had to forge my mom's signature because she was, you know, busy doing mom stuff. And uh, (laughs) aka, she was reading science fiction in bed and I just forgot to give it to her. (laughs) But uh I handed it to the counselor and was like, Hey, uh, so I'm, I'm applying for this. And he looked at me and was like, Oh, mm, no. I was like, Oh, uh, well, well, like, do I, am I missing something? Did I miss a page of paperwork? I can fill it out. I have a portfolio. And he's like, you're already like failing most of this school year anyway you're missing classes and it's like yeah because I don't have a ride to school and also I have ADHD and I'm tired all the time um and he was like yeah you're just not doing very good so I'm not I'm not gonna submit this I was like oh uh what can I do to get it submitted and he's like well unless you can just suddenly get straight A's nothing okay so I just submitted it on my own and they still, they just, they, they saw it going outward because you have to like put it in a, a box in the office because it has to get approved by the staff in the front office to be sent to that other school. And they, they just didn't even send it. They just took it right on out, never received it. Didn't even get the, Hey, thanks for applying, but she didn't get in letter, nothing. And I had, a bunch of friends that ended up getting in and I was very happy for them because I was like oh my god they're so amazing like yes I want my friends to get into this so cool and they were like yeah it's because we're actually artists and I'm like yeah no you are that's so like (laughs) fuck that counselor yeah like to do that to say that to a kid like a kid a kid and to honestly I went to one of those uh, arts-focused programs, and my grades were yeah. shit before I went because I didn't <laughs> yeah. care, and no. I didn't like I didn't care about I didn't care about Spanish, I didn't care about math, I didn't care about any of the yep. like classes that I was supposed to be taking, and um, I was not doing well. I was getting like C's and D's. Um, I nearly failed a class, which like it, yeah, I just I, yeah because I just didn't give a shit. And yeah. I still got in and, and like, you know, it's just not, I mean, 
the it's really the, cool the, it's really honestly. cool and like the the bar for talent like if you're really going on just like artistic merit like you shouldn't go on that for one thing because like yeah i wasn't a great artist then i still don't think i am uh like but like your skills haven't developed yet for one thing right and there were and... people who started off there who like weren't so great and then they really developed and blossomed as artists because that's what yeah. happens like everybody's art sucks in high school what are you talking exactly about? my art was garbage i did it in ballpoint pen and i was like look how cool it is it's awesome look at my awesome radical like oh it's so like Oh my gosh. Over yeah, all the I was fucking, like, all I was drawing was like all these like HR Geiger ripoffs, like thinking I was yeah. like so fucking edgy and cool and just like, ugh, God, it just looks yes. like shit. It's embarrassing. <laughs> all like it was like, half like look. HR Geiger, half like, um, like anime, like DBZ, Akira Toriyama God, shit. Yeah. Like it's not like oh I, my I God. go back home and I look at my sketchbooks. And I'm like, yikes. I wouldn't have let like, me in. Oh, like, no. this is like, I would have bullied me. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> honestly, uh, you know, like I'm surprised I didn't get it worse sometimes. Oh, dude. All the time. I'm like, oh, yeah, that lucky considering like how bad it, like, I think of the thing where it was, you know, oh, ask out the weird girl and they would they'd be like hey he um i like you do you want to like you know be you know be my girlfriend i'd be like yeah and then they would be like ha jokes on you fuck you you're ugly and like run off and i'm like yeah i probably deserved that (laughs) for whatever reason you know yeah all right (laughs) but you know when i drew things people cared they were like okay, that's pretty cool. And slowly over time, like I had friends. It's not like I didn't have friends. I had lots of friends. Um, It was just one of those things where like, of course, in in any school when you're kind of like gross, I was so gross. Like I did not, I didn't have any parental guidance. I was busy taking care of my mom to take care of myself. So I was like, I just don't shower. I smell bad. I'm overweight and I'm sad all the time. I don't know, whatever. And I didn't realize when people were bullying me a lot of the time because I had, I had trouble with that. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I get that. And they're like, no, I'm bullying you. And I'm like, yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> and they're like, okay, but cool, cry. Cool. And yeah. yeah. I get it. No, I don't like me either. <laughs> I, I work. No, I hate myself. Yeah. <laughs> I totally did. I was like, yeah, no, I get it. Do you, you know, I mean, you should see my other ones. They're way worse. I, yeah, I would, you know, next time I'll wear those stupid anime goggles that'll be better and it wasn't and I was like yeah I'm so hip I'm wearing skirts over jeans like Avril Lavigne and (laughs) (laughs) so it's like my popularity ended up stemming from the fact that I could draw and eventually because of all the stress and eventually being put on non-stimulant so they they put me on a non-stimulant ADHD med uh Stratera because they were like, oh, you're you're in high school. We don't want you to sell that. So uh, we're giving mm. you the non-stimulant kind. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, cool. I, w- I wasn't planning on selling it because I kind of want to take it for my ADHD. They're like, yeah. So it takes like three months to work. Okay. <laughs> but I stopped the binge eating because that was like part of it was like I was so depressed and binge eating and all this stuff because what do I do with my hands? I eat. And so I 
lost weight and I started bathing because I, you know, started to take care of myself. And then YouTube became a thing. And I was like, oh, YouTube, I can watch all these cool girls. Like, wow, they sure are awesome looking. I could look like that. And so I started like, oh, I'm going to straighten my hair. Wow, I sure do look cool. Oh, I'm going to get piercings. Yeah, I'm such a badass. And people were like, ooh, look, that's the girl who draws and has tattoos at underage and all this stuff. And I was like, yeah, I am. I'm cool. I have a pleather jacket I got from Hot Topic. And they were like, oh my God, she's so cool. And then I got sick and missed like the rest of school. (laughs) It was such a bummer. And like, but like, whatever. I was like, you know what? I, I finished off with a strong start. People were like, you're all right, kid. And <laughs> you know, not too bad. But then later, you know, I realized that as an adult, there are also bullies and I got bullied a lot without realizing. <laughs> yeah. Thankfully I realize now. <laughs> <clears throat> when did you, when did you, you, you said you got sick. Yeah, so um, it started, uh, like, my kidneys were starting to cause problems, and at first they were like, well, it's a UTI. I'm like, okay, sure, yeah, okay, and I would start going in every other week, and they were like, man, I don't know, something's wrong with your kidneys. There's, like, a like a weird lump. I'm like, okay. They're like, it's probably just, like, cysts, and uh, just looking, you know, looking through, yeah, it's probably cysts. Yeah, you'll just take this and, you know, here's some penicillin for the infection and you'll be fine. And that just continued until I was so sick that I couldn't really go anywhere. I was just like, just felt like trash all the time and my back hurt and I was always nauseated. I ended up getting um, a homeschool tutor who would come from the school and bring me my work so I could work from school or the hospital. And that kind of worked out. They were like, hey, you're still not graduating even though they sent me a diploma later on, because I think they realized that they were in the wrong and I totally passed because I had straight A's towards the end of that. But I got my GED anyway, whatever, it was fine. Um, I continued on with life. I just kind of got used to the pain. Every now and again, I would go in and they'd, they'd be like, well, you really should, I guess we should probably recommend you to a nephrologist, but you're so young, it's probably nothing. And you know that continued for a while until um I was ooh 18 I think yeah and uh I finally went to a nephrologist who was like all right we're gonna do a biopsy because this lumpy thing that's there has not gone away so it was the tumor um (laughs) and I was like oh okay and they were like yeah and so I go home to my fiance i was way too young to have a fiance by the way uh, don't do that don't get don't yeah do that, guys but you know Ugh, it was awful don't i mean that. i know what happens here and you still didn't deserve it but yes it is a little Ugh. early to get uh a fiance to, to get engaged oh, when, you're, when you're what 18 yeah it was all oh god bad decisions everywhere and uh i <laughs> i went home to him and i was like um i have cancer he's like, Ooh, this is really bad timing. I was like, why is that? Cause cancer is always bad timing. And he's like, well, uh, I need you to move out tonight. And I was like, what? 
I'm on the lease. He's like, not anymore. I'm like, what do you mean not anymore? I forged your signature. You're off the lease. I'm sorry, <laughs> what? He's like, yeah, uh, you're really immature for me. And uh, <laughs> He was he was nineteen, like nineteen twenty ish. Like, give me a break. And I was like, "What?" And he's like, "Yeah." Um, and I need you to like do it like now. And I was like, "I don't have a place to go. My mom is out of town because she's my grandmother died, and so she's not at her house. I can't. I don't have anywhere to go." And he's like, "That's not. I'm not really worried about that. Like, I just need you to get your stuff out." And, you know, I, I guess you could sleep on the couch, but I'd rather you not because my girlfriend is coming over. Mm. So uh, I in I'm crying in the driveway as I by myself just diagnosed with cancer because um, like the biopsy had happened like a few weeks ago. That that was, you know, it took a while to get results back. And so, you know, going in and getting those results and then coming home, expecting him to be as supportive as he was with the biopsy, I was like, this was devastating. And I didn't have anybody. Like, I tried calling my mom, but, you know, moms and cell phones, they just, it's like they throw them out of the window. But then when they try and call you and you don't pick up, it's the end of the world. So I get in my car. And at the time, I was working at a haunt attraction um because it was october that's very you so i yeah <laughs> and i was like i'm gonna sneak on there and park my car because it was a big farm and i'm gonna park my car in, a, in the field and sleep in it until i can figure something out and i woke up and my car was surrounded by peacocks and they're so mean <laughs> so i had to like fight off peacocks to get them to like get away from my car so I'm like sitting I had like a sunroof so I like climbed out of it and I'm like go get out of here <laughs> scram and they're like oh. I don't know if you've ever seen or heard a peacock that's oh, mad yeah, but yeah. it's awful just I hate them I, they're just awful birds <laughs> so I I drive back and um he wasn't there but the girlfriend was and her and her son were there and um so she answers the door and she's like um can i help you and i was like hey i'm sorry um here's the situation i i know this is really weird for you i, I promise i promise i won't make it weird i forgot some things that i really need and it's like you know medical stuff i just i need to grab it and i can go and she's like what are you talking about i'm like Angus, I was his fiance, and uh, yeah, so like, and she's like, uh, do, what? I'm like, yeah, so do, do I, can I just grab, and she goes, wait, 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 tell didn't me tell everything. He her. He was just Don Drake. No. Just boom, and like, he thought he could get away with it. He thought he was so sneaky. Literally, not, not at all. Like He the, was very the, mature. Uh, yeah, so, so mature. And, uh, oh man, dude, he was so up his own butt and, and just, it takes a lot for me, like at this point, like it's whatever it's in the past. Um, but me and this girl are still friends to this day. Cause she legit was like, no. And she helped me pack up. I helped her pack up. 
she's now back with her husband because I guess her and her husband had been separating. And as soon as this all happened, they got back together. They have another kid together. I mean, it's great. It, it all ended up for the best except for him. <laughs> this is amazing. That is like a Dolly Parton song or something. It, oh, God, yeah. That's Hell like, yeah. You had is. cancer. You get thrown out. You go and pack <laughs> your shit and you find the lady that he's been stepping out with yeah and then you two turn on him become friends hell girl it only would have ended better if we ended up married me and her yeah or like go on like a like Thelma <laughs> Louise crime spree something like hell that yeah yeah you know robbing banks and shit like I hella would like she was really cool about it and everything she was so nice and and that's like you know I've always been like, I'm not really a jealous person at all. I'm very much like, you know, I don't have, I'm not in competition with other women. It's never been anything I've been interested in because I'm, I'm, in, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm cool. Like, we're good. I, I've never set like a limit, like, oh, my boyfriend can't be friends with women. Like, that's uncool because, like, what, what the fuck? What's wrong with being friends with a woman? There's nothing. However, I have been proved several times that they will lie <laughs> about who they are friends with. And then I'm like, okay, well, you, you took the trust that I inherently gave you and betrayed me. I'm not blaming this woman. I'm blaming you. And <laughs> because you lied to both of us at this point, that just was like a theme. Was they, they lied to both of us hmm. i'm not gonna fight her i ain't pulling her hair out he's not worth it <laughs> yeah i'm better <laughs> no she's like, not the adversary in this situation yeah i'm like it's him you are you are the problem and he was the one that was also like i'm in art school and you're kind of not so i guess that makes me the real artist here oh god and i'm like oh i'm, do I'm doing okay. a jerk off motion right now for the for the listeners <laughs> yeah look and i went to art school and you know what i got debt that's what <laughs> you're honestly better off you're you're a far oh, better God, artist yeah. than than i am with my what like six cumulative years of of art training <laughs> so like you know i'm like formally trained in art and and like your stuff is is better because you've just been doing it yourself so like what what does that say about fucking arts education i think art is again one of those subjective things and I try to make sure that people know I am not better than you. And, you know, especially being someone that was like told, hey, I'm better than you all the time. I got, people were just like, I'm better than you. And I'm like, probably, you know, <laughs> but I'm going to get there. And knowing how it feels to be told, you know, oh, this person's better than you, that hurts. And I'm like, well, you know what? everybody's better at something. You know, I suck at math. I am terrible at math. You know, who's good at math. My six-year-old is good at math. <laughs> like, right. and you know, I, I'm never going to like, I, I do these, uh, draw this in your style things on Instagram sometimes, oh, yeah, those are fun. which are so, they're so fun, right? Like yeah. they're so fun. And people will be like, well, I like yours better than this person. I think you're better you're a better artist. And I'm like, Hey, no, no, no. I'm not trying to be better than anybody. This isn't a competition. I'm not in a race to be the best. <laughs> I am 
my own goals. I have my own best. Right. That but I'm that's what capitalism be. wants out of you, Stormy, is to be the best and be better <laughs> at something and make more money than people. Therefore, you're better. Than yeah. You. Don't you know how this be works? Better. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, I gotta be in all the money and all of these things. And it's like, oh, yeah, that could be somebody's goal, though but not mine you know i'm like i'm good like i'll be over here just drawing stupid skeletons that the whole the whole process of how any of this started any of my art, actual art career is just a series of unfortunate events and like but then getting lucky a couple times you know and really it's just it just takes one domino being knocked over to get there and it could be completely random and totally different from what you expected in any way shape or form and you're like I'll roll with it like yeah okay I always wanted to be a comic artist I doodled comics all throughout school but I was like that's not actually a thing I can do that's not a job I can't make that a job but who am I kidding that's not a job I can make these stupid things with a money maker. My mom is an artist and we don't have food half the time. We don't have power. We don't have water. I, you know, I, I remember there were holidays. My friend would, her family would give us Thanksgiving dinner because we didn't have anything. And I get why my little brother moved because I was like, there's no stability here. There was no stability with my mom. And I was like, no, I will never be an artist. I like drawing as a hobby and that's it. I, I am not allowed to like art as a career. That is a ridiculous thing to want. And I can't even get into co college. So what, what's the point? I've, I haven't gone to college for anything. I have college credits because I had college classes in high school and that is it. So I only have medical debt. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, look, you gotta have some kind of debt. This is America. Yeah. This isn't like... You got, you got a, yeah, you got medical debt, you got student debt, you got housing debt. You're going to have, you're going to have debt. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, and if you don't have debt, then you don't have credit. Yeah. And if you don't have credit, you have nothing. And if your bad credit is worse than not having credit, well then you can just die. <laughs> yeah. This is America where we just kill ourselves because we're so far in debt. <laughs> and that's how you get a family annihilator. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. but like, I, I started this comic, literally, I was at this exact desk, I have a setup, and you're, you're seeing, uh, I'll give the listeners a visual, I'm seeing a blank wall, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're seeing a blank wall behind me, but in front of me, it's very pretty, um, it's covered in art and pins, I'm a big pin collector, I love pins, and I have fans who send me pins mm -hmm. all the time, and it's like, oh my god, you guys are the best, and I have a bunch of them, I've got artwork from artists that are local that I like, and stuff from like, and I love New York, me and my husband are obsessed, we're big foodies, so I have stuff from all of our trips from New York, like photos, and restaurant menus, and things like that, so in love with it, and I'm like looking at it growing and a lot of it is like other people's gifts to me. And I'm like, oh, it's everything I could want. It's my own museum, you know, but you know, I'm at this desk. It's a blank wall up in front of me and there's a, you know, yelling four-year-old and a very exhausted husband and 
both of them are talking and somebody's yelling and there's like stuff, a car alarm going on outside. And I'm like, I'm going to die. Why do I feel like all the noises are so much more amplified and that I'm going to just absolutely explode? And I realized it's because I'd had like five cups of coffee. And I was like, oh, maybe don't take this much co- like maybe don't drink all of this caffeine mm. in a day and you won't feel like killing yourself with because you have jitters and then everything won't be amplified and I was like I should like make a, that a journal entry I'm bad at journaling yeah. <laughs> I have so many pretty journals I have like this beautiful mushroom journal I have a habit tracker I have like all these organizational tools that don't get used and I was like you know what I never will so I sat down and I drew a comic. It's a skeleton and a brain, which brain is a one-off. You know, it, it sometimes appears in these comics. Sometimes it doesn't. And it's like the brain is saying, kill yourself, kill yourself. You want to die. And I'm like, why is this happening? Oh, yes. Three coffee limit. Got it. And like that comic, people loved it. They were like, that was fucking hilarious that is totally relatable and i'm like oh you like my misfortune and my mental illness enjoy so i just started doing different ones i did the the 1970s cocaine ghost one mm-hmm. that became pretty popular i did the one where the the most popular there's two there's the bat one which everybody crops my watermark out of <laughs> and but it's like the most everybody has ever seen um and it's my fault for formatting it so weird, but um, it's the skeleton and the bat is like, hey, you don't have to say anything. I just wanted to say I love you and I'm proud of you. And like, that's how it felt being comforted by people and having my support system be like, hey, I know you haven't stopped crying for three days. You don't have to say anything. I, I still love you. And that's what it felt like. And people were like, I want a bat friend. I want that. I need that. Yeah. I I love that. And I was like, yeah, somebody needs to be your bat friend. And you know what? Send this to somebody who you think might need a bat friend. <clears throat> and they did. And it was like, oh my God, people really like that. Okay. And then the plant one, the you will grow back. Cause for a while I was super into plants. I like who hyper fixated on plants. They are all dead now. <laughs> there are dead plants all over my room. But it was very that's good. meaningful. That's very goth. That's, you know, that's, uh, they're, they're plant skeletons. Now. I think so. Yeah, plant <clears throat> skeletons. That's a really good way to put it. And it's just like, you know, that's my aesthetic. It's like, you know, dead things. And, yeah. But I guess, you know, the whole you will grow back sentiment was so impactful for people. And I'm like, it's just a very simple thing. And that was something like a lot of these are just topics that come up with my support system, my therapy you know, me alone with my thoughts. And sometimes they're funny. Like the, you smell like spaghetti. Like that's just something my husband said to me one time. And I was like, what? And he's like, I love spaghetti. And I'm like, I smell like spaghetti. And he's like, yeah, it's great. I'm like, I smell like garlic and onion. Yeah. It's really nice. But like, also like a little bit like pasta, like bready smell, like a, you know, I'm smelling a bit of a an egg flour mixture in mm-hmm. there. 
like a carbonara. And I'm like, shut up. <laughs> Stop saying I smell like pasta. <laughs> like, but he he was like, I love spaghetti. So now it's just kind of like a cute thing. It's genuine. You know, you right. like spaghetti. It's yeah. one of those party <laughs> moments. Yeah. It's, well, it all seems to have really uh, developed very uh, naturally. Like the skeleton is sort of your avatar. There's, yeah. um, it, it seems to have taken on, because I was scrolling through and that, you know, it's not just all the, the skeleton, the skull comic. It's, you know, there's, there's a whole lot of other stuff and styles that you move through actually fairly quickly oh, yeah. and then landed on the, the skull comic. Um, and it seems like there's a ghost that seems to be, it was, the ghost is your husband. Am I reading that correctly? Oh, the ghost is your partner <laughs> or something. I mean, honestly, not really. The ghost um, is just, I didn't really have anybody in mind except for maybe my friend Jackie. This is a shout out for my friend Jackie, who also listens to podcasts and doesn't leave her house. Yes, I'm calling you out. Shout um, out, Jackie. Welcome to the shout show. Shout out, Jackie. <laughs> she's going to hate that. Um, but she's very much like Ghost, where it's just like, you know, straightforward, mm -hmm. very much like, hey, the office isn't a coping mechanism. Like, shut the fuck up. Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> but, you know, I I don't really have a background for a lot of these. I, I sometimes will throw in another skeleton um, as if, you know, because like my husband inspired it or I'll throw in um, the bat. And, and none of them are really particularly gendered or after anybody and really have a backstory, um, except that the skeleton yeah. is me for the most part you know i i started it as i had not changed out of that hoodie for weeks i literally just lived in it and i didn't feel like that i spaghetti had stains all over it oh god all over it, it and that's probably why yep. you know what it <clears throat> makes a lot more sense now that you say that because yeah that's probably what there it was it i ate a lot of pasta i was really into making pasta for a while too um <laughs> so that was probably it as and, we speak, I think my girlfriend is actually making pasta right now. I, just, I got her a, a pasta, one of those roller pasta maker things. <gasps> oh, the best. Yeah. Oh, the fresh stuff. Yeah, yeah that's the good, the good stuff. And yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I, I love to cook and things like that. And I, um, I have other hobbies. I try to keep them hobbies because the pressure of the capitalist society that we live in, people are like, you should sell that. I'm like, yeah. I'm not selling it. Like I'm, I'm everything's not. Everything's got to be sold. It's, it's weird. Um, how do you keep, a, um, you know, on a, well, I don't know. Let's talk, let's talk process and, um, yeah. and, uh, you know, how you stay on a schedule, how you keep productive. Uh, that is something that is <laughs> exceptionally difficult for people with, ADHD um it's either yeah. it's either really really hard and people never get it together or it's something that like if it clicks right then the sort of manic side of ADHD just like latches onto it and it suddenly uh it just it just becomes second nature but that's hard yeah. to it's hard to get into that groove so so talk about that a little bit oh oh yeah it really is hard um so I it's just doing it. And yet sometimes you've got to hyper-focus on it. And if you can't, you can't. Like there are days I absolutely cannot pump out a single, like I, I draw at least one thing every day, but sometimes it's just garbage and people will never see it. But I do draw 
every single day. And now that it's gotten very large, like I have a store, I have the Patreon, I have the Instagram, I have everything. I'm working on a couple books that are hopefully going to be published. And one is more illustrative and one is more comic and things like that. Are you going to do I, the, the Dolly Parton story as a book? Because I think that could be oh, a good book. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I want to see that to. as a graphic novel. That would be hella dope. <laughs> like, you know, and I like I think I mentioned in the the email, like I, I'm really inspired by Ali Brosh, who did the the hyperbole and a half mm, yeah. um, book and stuff. She oh my god, I I have her new book, did not stop laughing, cried for like I, I think about three hours, and then started laughing again immediately after. Just genuinely inspirational. Um and I think her and I, especially like, I think she has ADHD too. And I think, you know, we both have depression. It took her a long time to get to this second book. And especially with everything that happened. And I try to tell people when they're like, hey, how come you now have so many fans? Like how I draw every day, this is my job. And I don't even have that many. I'm like, well, I don't know. Um, (laughs) Just keep doing it. And a lot of it is just doing it, just posting consistently all the time. Make sure people constantly see you and are like, oh, oh, I know this. And I I like this. This, I recognize this. You're going to find a niche. There's always someone out there that's like, I like skeletons. I too have depression. My organizational skills are terrible to a point where my poor saintly husband who's a project manager and what he does for a living is make people's schedules and work on projects was like how can I help you and I was like I don't know more time in the day and he was like no how can I help you because you (laughs) you need help I was like I think I'm fine and he's kind of like looking because like my office is in our room. We don't have like the room for it. We have a house, but like, you know, I've also got a kid and a roommate and they've got their office and they both work from home. So I have my section. And he was like, but like, how do you keep track of anything? And I was like, oh, luck. Oh yeah, and no, he... I don't, yeah, I don't keep track. What the fuck is that? <laughs> well, yeah, what the fuck is that? And uh, my process for things is, at three o'clock in the morning, when my husband finally stops his World of Warcraft raid and he comes to bed, I talk to him nonstop until he falls asleep. <laughs> and like, it's that that's how half of my comics get made is because I have to spew it out in my ADHD word vomit that just comes pouring out of my face sometimes. And he is so good about it. And does it, he, he has not yet asked for a divorce or anything. And He's actually helping me by, he's going to view like how a work day usually goes for me and how I handle specific things. So commission work, um, how I do like Patreon stuff, how I do any content creation, plus packing and store stuff and all that paperwork kind of thing. And then of course he's going to do what project managers do and he's going to make me fucking work. And (laughs) 
I always am like, oh yeah, my own boss, I can take off days and whatever. But like, I literally don't. I just work 24 seven because, oh, somebody emailed me at two o'clock in the morning. I answer that as soon as I'm awake or I'm out on a coffee day with my friend and I'm like, oh, sorry, I got to answer this. Like it's a contract, blah, 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 blah. Um, I was doing a beer can design. And that was the whole thing. So I, a lot that took up a lot of my time. And it's just like, I am so glad I'm on ADHD meds now because <laughs> it slows things down enough that I can do one step at a time instead of trying to do six at a time because my brain was like, okay, but what if you did two to three things at once? you would get so much done, so much done. And I'm like, oh yeah, I totally would. And then I would get nothing done. Yeah, I'm so bad about it. And with depression and anxiety, and you sit there and you're like, if I don't do it, but I'm too sad. But if I don't do it, I'll be even sadder. And, uh, and that internal struggle that I'm sure you're familiar with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're like, if I just do it, I'll be way happier but I can't, that's okay. We are burnt out. As a society, we are burnt out. And especially people our age, I'm assuming you're my age, you know, yeah, um, millennial. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm 36. Oh yeah, see, <laughs> I don't mean, but yeah, I, I will let you guess. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm 28. Mm. So like, you know, I'm trying to be hip and cool with that middle part thing. I, I heard side parts are not a thing now. And that's how old people wear their hair. And I was like, but man, like I, I only got that side part. I look ridiculous with the middle part. I digress. I'm like, no, middle part. Okay. Really good. Oh no. I'm like, what the, f it's weird. Since when the what is this? The sixties? Like, and now no. people are talking about like, we're going to bring back like low waisted jeans. I'm like the fuck we are. <laughs> We're yeah. not bringing back yeah, low-waisted no. jeans. It's not happening. Absolutely not. It, over my pooch, yeah. you know. <laughs> I'm like, you know, trying to stay relevant to things is difficult enough with content creation, let alone a schedule and that pressure. I just try to remind people and myself, it's okay to like not do anything for a little yeah. while. And I know you're like, ah, oh, but I have to, but you know, sometimes you can't. Sometimes, sometimes it's just can't. one thing. We just had two snow days in a row here. I didn't have to work. And um, I t kept telling myself I was going to draw something, anything. And I just couldn't mm -hmm. fucking do it. Like, it's like the sun goes down nope. at like 345 and I just get tired. And I just, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. You know, like, oh, and, God. and yeah. like, I have to really try to not uh, let that, just completely unravel me and make me feel oh, like yeah. uh, now I'm, uh, you know, just a, a piece of shit and a dilettante and a fraud of an artist <laughs> and all of this shit because... Uh, because Where's I, your art school diploma? Exactly. You better tear I mean, it up right now. I mean, it's <laughs> worthless. Like, I, I, I mean, like, that's the thing is that, like, I, you know... I don't even know what to tell people that I do like, you know, cause it's just like, do I really qualify as a visual artist? If like all I make is yes. just like Instagram posts that get 16 likes, you know, like it's just, um, it's, it's hard to know where your value even is with that stuff. And, yeah. um, and, and, and then like what you do, um, you know, so far as, uh, having a full on 
you know, kind of brand that you've built, uh, mainly through Instagram, um, it would yeah, seem. Yeah, absolutely. And, and um, but now having an online store and all of these different products, pins, shirts, coffee mugs, blah, blah, blah. Um, oh, in yeah. addition to like what you're making, I mean, like the amount of organization that you are doing is pretty impressive. I gotta say, like, you know, it's especially as somebody with ADD, like to be able to stay on top of that and, and have, oh, yeah. um, have all of that, like actually like click and not fall by the wayside and collect dust is like, you're, you're doing it. You're doing really well. I'm doing the dang thing. And a lot of it is that I have, uh, you know, nowadays it's, it's a lot easier than it was when I was first, um, you know, into art and, and the concept of being a visual artist was uh, still off the table where it was like, oh, you're either on Etsy as a crafter or you're on DeviantArt and that's it. And um, that's how you get popular in art nowadays. Hmm. So I, I was just like, well, that's not a still thing. a thing, by the way. It's crazy. Oh, yeah, it's I, been I, around cool. since like LiveJournal. It's so old yeah. and it's still a thing. I'm like, how is this still surviving? I don't understand. Or like, you know, I used to make bank on fur affinity. I'm not even a furry, but like those, they they secretly have a lot of money for for people that are so into a very expensive fetish. They have a lot of money. And you like, to, yeah, well, the, you oh. got to buy the suit and everything. You can't, yeah, you, yeah. you, you got to have the money for it. You got to have the money for it. And I was like, oh man, hundreds of dollars. Cause they were like, I want you to draw the Ninja Turtles force feeding Barbie to eat pizza. And I'm like, deal. Yeah. A uh, hundred bucks. And they were like, here's 150. Like, oh my God. So, you know, a lot of what, like, I don't have to deal with for affinity. Now. I don't have to deal with DeviantArt. I don't have to be on Etsy. So I've got things like Instagram is on my phone all the time. Mm -hmm. And I, if you haven't noticed, I've been posting a lot of flashbacks because I haven't felt like posting any of my very sensitive comics, right? Like just right about now. And I've been like really exhausted and with the coffee box release and, and with how that that's going, it was very time consuming. So I was like, Ooh, a lot of these people have not seen these older comics. Excellent timing. I will reshare them. Ha ha. And like, you know, breathing new life into them. 4,000, 7,000, 8,000 likes later. And I'm like, yes, excellent. It worked. My plan. Ha ha. You know, yeah. but I'm, you know, even scrolling through my, my Instagram very, for back when I started uh, the, you know, very first posts, 40 likes on them from like, you know, 2018 when I was still able to do watercolor before my nerve damage in my hand got too bad um I'm I'm like wow you know look at all that I can't believe oh 26 likes to me that was like that was that was a big deal I was like oh man people like that like they like me and art is more than likes and that's hard in this day and age to even conceive and to be an artist with a career in art in any way, shape, or form. Again, we uh, we watch as so many people fail and we're like, oh my God, I can't, I can't do it. I have to have a day job. I have to do this and that. I, I just jumped both feet in. I was like, well, I'm not gonna have a day job. I'm just gonna do art. 
And uh, if I fail, I fail and I'll go get a job at Target. And that's how I'll pay bills for, for a while until I can get back, you know, on my feet with uh, customer service or whatever. You know, I was like, I'm never working in a kitchen again. Got sick of that. And I learned a lot of my, my like timing skills from being in customer service and in any form of customer care prepares you a lot for organizing even with ADHD (laughs) and no matter how exhausted I am there are and there are days I don't get out of bed I stay I have a heated blanket my kid is being homeschooled currently because uh, I am not sending him back to give teachers whatever he had (laughs) fuck that ridiculous I'm like oh absolutely not like no and not in any way shape or form is that happening so I homeschool and so I'm like you come here and you're gonna sit in bed with me and we're gonna learn how to spell (laughs) like because I'm tired of you asking me how to spell things in Minecraft so this is what we're gonna do so there are just days like that and I'm I can do that I I just I make a post if I can and if not whatever you know, I, I usually get stuff out from my store pretty quickly. I ship Mondays and Wednesdays because I know for a fact I'll have all weekend to prepare if they've ordered before then. Boom. And I know, oh, okay. I have several days that if I need to, I don't have to get out of bed to do it. Then on Wednesdays, same thing. I have an extra day. I give myself time and I give myself grace because I don't know when that wave of grief is going to be washing over me and then I'll be unable to do anything. I don't know when I'm going to have a really down depressive episode. I don't. It just comes on and sometimes something will trigger it and I'll just be like, what am I feeling? Where's my emotion wheel? Tell me what I'm feeling. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it affects how I do things and I'm glad that it seems like I have everything like sort of structured and together. That that makes me feel pretty good that that is what I am projecting. But I'm struggling like, you know, it, like you said, you're, you sometimes you're just like, I can't fucking draw at all. I can't get it out of me. The sun is set. I can't, I can't do it. And especially I would imagine in New York where it's just mortifyingly cold and just it's so dark and then the wind and all that stuff like you know I'm in a place where like it snowed today but it didn't really stick yeah. and it was cold but I didn't really go outside it's not I'm that like, cold yeah. here really but you know I, I I get what you're saying it's it's crazy to go outside like pretty much any time yeah. even when the weather's nice just because it's just like what's gonna happen now like is there like, yeah you know am I gonna step <laughs> over somebody am I going like is there gonna Always. be like a weird traffic accident is there gonna be like some weird person screaming like you know it's just it's there's there's always something you know there's always something and that's it that's actually that is just life it is just a bunch of something all the time and either you like can do something and it's okay if you can't and I have friends who are like hey you know they'll come to me I'm upset I'm sad how how are you on that scale of can I vent to you today and or they're like, you know, I'm having so many bad days. I can't organize myself. I can't concentrate. When does it get better? And I'm like, hey, like, who you, you let me know when you find out. But here's the thing. 
you're going to have stretches of time that are just awful. And you're going to have moments that are great. And you just sort of try and keep a pile of each of them. Because, you know, I remember the good time of my mom at my wedding. I remember, you know, the first time my son said, I love you. I remember being proposed to wearing a Chun-Li costume at MAGFest in a crowded game hall over a game of Secret Hitler. Like, those are all good times. And then, you know, my mom got cancer. <laughs> like, and then it continued from there for seven months. And it was just all awful, you know? And it's one of those things where like, that's life. Everyone dies. People get sick. Not everything's going to go okay. And you have to allow yourself that space to recognize how you're feeling or you're not going to survive or be happy at all, ever. And that's something that was hard to kind of face because I was like, you know, but I don't want to face this. I don't, I don't want to face any of this. And with my mom's house, it's selling. It's my, that's my childhood home. And I have to sell it can't keep keep up with it I just I want it gone I don't want to I don't want to go there anymore because it's not home she's not there I drive up my mom's not there doing pottery my mom's not there painting we're not going to go watercolor together none of that's going to happen she's I'm going to walk in there it's going to be empty there's there's nobody it's it's not even a ghost and that just kind of uh you know it sucks the air out of you when you're like okay, well now it actually is going and it's taken this long to get it ready. And, you know, my husband was like, Hey, house is selling. We can start looking for a puppy. So I was like, Ooh, brain like that brain, like puppy brain, want doggy brain, brain, think about this instead of brain sadness. So I was like hyper-focused and I was like, Oh, I found one. And it was named pickle. And it was a cavalier poodle thing it was like some fluffy adorable mutt and it had wall eyes and it was like this adorable King Charles curly hair yeah, yeah but it was like mixed was with cute. something and mm-hmm. it was like really cute and i was just like oh and it had like it had like curly hair like yours and i was like <laughs> oh but its eyes were like really funny um and so my husband was like that's the one so i call up these these people and i'm like is pickle available and they're like oh i'm sorry pickle's not available but we have her sister I was like, well, I don't want her sister. I wanted Pickle. I wanted the one that looks like a bucket of KFC. I wanted the crunchy haired little doggy thing that was called Pickle. I don't want her sister. I don't want to settle for her sister. And I was just upset. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe that I don't get to have Pickle. And I'm just like, so, I was just heartbroken. I was awful. And I had also been switched off my ADHD meds onto something that was completely different the doctor didn't even tell me about it. They put me on some form of other meth for ADHD that right. is basically useless. <laughs> you know, it was super meth. And I'm like, why would she do this to me? So I was going nuts. I couldn't remember anything. I threw away our remote control. I put our keys in the freezer. I couldn't remember half half of anything. So I was just, I was upset. And I had my doctor's appointment with a new doctor. And I was like, get me off this medicine. And he goes, I'll, I'll do that but I'm also going to do you one better. And I'm already upset. Like, I don't have pickle. My life is a mess. Ah! And he goes, so you said your mom died, right? I'm like, yeah. He's like, well, 
where is she? And I'm like, she's on the bookshelf downstairs. And he's like, no, she's in heaven. I'm like, no, what? she's in a box downstairs. And he's like, no, because heaven is all around us. She's passed through the veil. So when you think of her and when you feel like she's there, that's her with you. And I'm like, I sure hope not because I'm eating fistfuls of gummy bears and having a lot of sex. So I don't want my mom to be there. I don't want that spiritual stuff. I want to eat fistfuls of gummy bears and not think about that. There's yeah. no ghost here. Like, ugh. so I was, oh my God. So after that, I was just, I was glad I got my medication changed back, but I was just irate. And I immediately had my therapy appointment after and my therapist goes, what's wrong? I know something is wrong. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm a mess. My organization is off. I haven't been able to draw a comic. I'm all over the place. I've just been really upset. I think it's, you know, I don't know. And she's like, well, let's talk about it. When did you start getting upset? I'm like, I don't know. Like Friday, I guess. She's like, okay, what happened Friday? I'm like, well, um, so we finally got the HVAC installed. And um, then Evan was like, hey, since the house is selling, we can get a puppy. And, and she goes, stop. Rewind. I was like, the puppy. She's like, okay, before that. I was like, the house is going on the market. The oh. And she's like, yeah. Continue from there. I was like, my childhood home is going to be gone forever. And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, uh, ooh, uh, ooh, no, yeah. I don't want to think about that. And she's like, yeah, that's probably why you were so upset because you didn't want to think about it. You hyper-focused on a puppy, didn't you? And I was like, I did. I did hyper-focus on a puppy. She's like, that's not good. You can't do that. <laughs> so I'm right. like, it's never, oh, it's usually God. not the thing that you're actually upset about that you, you know, it's, it's, that's the thing that, I mean, ADD, uh, one of my main manifestations of it is, uh, fixating on a thing, getting upset about a thing, not being able to let it go and then getting inordinately mad about that one little thing <laughs> yeah. that just like, just one little thing that went wrong. And I'm just like, nope, like. So, uh -uh. <laughs> but I didn't even know for the longest time that that was, um, an ADD thing. Nobody yeah. told me that everybody nope. like what, what the <laughs> conventional wisdom was, was, uh, you know, ADD is like, oh, you, you can't concentrate and you're kind of bad at school and holding down a job. And that's about yeah. the long and short of it. And it's never just like, oh, you also have like emotional dysregulation. You also have these like giant feelings that, you know, like are way out of whack with what is happening. And like, yeah. it, like when I finally pieced that together, I was so mad because I was just like, how come nobody <laughs> told me that nobody this shit, told nobody, nobody told me that the reason I get so fucking furious all the time is not just because I'm just like bad and crazy. It's because it's an actual thing. That's a, a side effect of a, 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 you know, mental illness. Ugh. Yeah, exactly. You have a mental illness and a lot of people don't realize ADD is like, well, they, they actually have like a new name for it or whatever, but I'm, I'm, I'm too lazy to remember it. And, and of course, I have ADD. Yeah. I won't remember yeah. it. Yeah, um, <laughs> but like, it is, it is under the Americans with Disability Act. We, it's a disability. It's like you aren't told a lot about it. You're expected to figure it the hell out, especially if you're diagnosed as an adult, good fucking luck. 
you know they're just like oh okay well have fun being a failure I guess and you know people are still like oh yeah it's like a thing that little boys have in school you know they bounce around a lot they have ADHD like that's not no it's not it's no, a whole different it's more. yeah you're neurodivergent you're a whole it's a completely different yet your brain is wired different than most people exactly and we don't make like that specific thing and uh, what was it um we're lacking in serotonin and lactic acid and specific things like that which is why you know we move, we stim, we, you know, have our things. Like I have rocks and um, I have like this alpaca. I'm going to show you on camera, but uh, to viewers at home, um, it is a very, he, a bow tie. He's, he does. He has a bow tie and he's, I, I comfort stroke him. Is that actual alpaca just, wool that he's made out of? It is, nice. yes. Yeah, nice. He's very wonderful. I love him. Um, but yeah, so that's, you know, we move because our body's like, Hey, lactic acid, please, 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 please. Everything from that to staring off into the distance and our mind going elsewhere. Like there's nothing here and we can't control that. I, I was, um, competitive weightlifting for a while. Whoa. Yeah. So I was like buff and my husband and I were like, cool we have like a home gym it's got all the weights like we're talking it's a full gym and after starting my more serious therapy and then between that and the hand like my I have nerve damage stemming from an injury in my shoulder that has caused me to lose feeling in my fingers um and my finger and thumb specifically of course your dominant hand it can't be like the one that you don't draw with can't be my left one like gosh can't I get a break and so like you know it's made it hard to hold things I've been drop I drop stuff all the time or I'll shatter something on accident because I'm trying to open it and like you know I just (laughs) it goes everywhere um so I took a break for that and kind of like I'm doing lighter weight stuff and we haven't done competitive things in a while but you know he's very very fit and I'm am I fit? I lost a lot of weight recently because again, with therapy and getting actual treatment for disorders like depression, anxiety, and ADHD, which can lead, especially in uh, women to have an eating disorder like binge eating. Um, and that's something that with therapy and medication has been treated. So I went because I had gained a lot of weight during those seven months when you eat just junk food and don't move. Um, And then afterwards, again, eating junk food and not moving. And I dropped about 50 pounds. So I'm, I'm a bit weak. (laughs) I'm a bit, bit, you know, fainty a lot, you know, but I, I get it. I'm doing a lot better now. So I, I do enjoy getting my exercise in, even if I don't have the time. It's very important. I have to. You have to do it. Yeah. Like I, that's been you a gotta. big thing that I've learned recently. And it's also um, what I've found. I don't know if I, it sounds like this is your experience is um, I was doing yoga for a long time. My girlfriend really mm-hmm. liked yoga. Um, Ooh, yeah. Uh, but I would get it like wasn't enough or like I was I, I would get bored like it, like my mind would yeah. keep going in all the poses so what I've found is I need the most intense exercise which I never tried 
I always thought like, oh, I'm like a nerdy guy who, you know, like, nope. <laughs> I, I, I like, you know, um, Star Wars and shit. So I'm not going to be like uh, into like martial arts and weightlifting and like really intense exercise. Turns out Wrong. that's what I want. <laughs> that's, I don't know if you're a, um, a Star Trek fan, but. I am. Um, oh, okay, oh boy. So, oh, yes. So Worf. Um, has you know he goes on the holodeck he's the like super metal klingon intense guy and his his battler yeah and he he goes wow so okay she's showing us that she has a starfleet technical manual um so yeah so she does know star trek um i do but he so what i was saying was Worf goes on the holodeck and does that like death training basically every day and he's like yeah. fighting an opponent to the death and screaming and like throwing fists and is, you know and, it, and it's like that's how he like gets it out and i yeah. was just like why do i relate to that so much because like you know i started doing kickboxing and was hitting the heavy bag and was just like there's a yeah. lot coming out of me right now <laughs> that i didn't really know was there and this feels really good and like and, and and it just i started doing kettlebells and was just like Ooh, yeah. this is i surprised myself with the intensity of exercise that i craved i guess um yeah. because i just never really thought that that was, i was never like i didn't do sports in high school like i wasn't a jock no, no. this wasn't i didn't think that was me and all of a sudden Mm-mm. you know i'm i'm doing really intense stuff every day and it helps because like that it's yeah there's that energy that that fire in you i guess I don't oh know. yeah absolutely we we crave it we crave that that thing that we're missing which is that lactic acid that you get when you exercise mm. and you know not everybody is sporty i'm like you said I was I wasn't in sports as a kid either like I'm the kind of person that I can't pay attention I would get hit in the face like by you know just you know oh, oh yeah no football, I dreaded boom. gym class I was not good oh, at it. I hated it uh-uh. so, because people first of all ew people. sure also yeah there's also like the jock for me <laughs> and all that so like gross no I don't want to be around you people <laughs> and then it was like you know oh but I really like weightlifting and it's kind of like less people and I'm really good at it. Me like lifting strong thing. My monkey brain like this. Like, right, right. yeah, me strong. And, ooh, yes, I'm so powerful. And uh, I can concentrate now. And I fall asleep at a regular time because I'm so exhausted. And that was really good for my ADHD. My ADD. And, like, I could actually concentrate and function and, you know, do stuff that normal people do, which was wild. And, you know, now I have medication and exercise it's weird what we can get out of the most simple things and like not everybody can do that like saying oh yeah you just have to eat right and exercise like that's first of all not everybody can eat well because there's food deserts not everybody can exercise because they might be have a disability um and not everybody can you know get like again who, who told us about these adhd things or these add things nobody Nobody. Who's going to tell these people? Like my therapist didn't fucking tell. I heard about it on the mental illness happy hour. And I was like, why am I hearing about this shit from a podcast? (laughs) Like this is is insane. And I I told my therapist about it. I was like, I heard this about anger and ADD on the podcast, on this podcast I listened to. And they're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a thing. I was like, yo, 
that would have been really helpful for me to know. You know that I come in here every week and I was just like, why did I fucking like punch a hole in the door? Like, I, I, why did I get so mad at this thing? Like, what, like I screamed at, at a stranger again. Like, I don't want to be this guy. And you didn't no. like piece together that this is my, like, you suck at this. Like, so anyway. <laughs> I mean, I feel that like, and mine manifests more into, I, I'm a crybaby. I am the biggest crybaby. I cry at the drop of a hat. And it doesn't matter if it's a happy cry or a sad cry. I just cry. It's kind of like, you know, when you're like, I'm feeling emotion. Blah, umbrella term, you know. I have an emotion wheel, like, pinned to my wall. Because sometimes I don't know what I'm feeling or why. And I can't dissect it. But, like, if I look at it and I'm like, okay, I'm feeling sad but what kind of sadness am I feeling? And that helps with that emotional dysregulation where I can actually become more self-aware and identify it naturally without the emotion wheel in, you know, out and about. Like, why do I feel so annoyed right now that I'm going to have a meltdown? Oh, it's because I'm feeling anxious. What am I feeling anxious about? I'm in public. What am I feeling about? that like where is it coming mm. from it's loud i'm overwhelmed okay i'm feeling an overwhelmed anxiety oh i'm yep. feeling anger's kind of anxiety sad and like i i didn't yeah. it took me 30 you know something years to to figure that out that it's like oh i'm not just a mad person i'm an anxious person no. and it manifests itself in anxiety so I don't exactly know. It's all very crazy and it's one of those things where like it can either you can either take it and be like okay well i'm going to get it out in exercise or in my hobby or in my art you know and that's where the comics kind of help because it sorts what I'm thinking a lot of the time so things like the do you want a solution no I just want to be mad forever ah like that's sometimes I just feel like that I'm, no I'm yeah like, when, okay. I, when I am in my <laughs> anger I want to be angry I, I like yeah. I I want to immerse myself in it and I don't want to get out of it. It's like I become no. the Hulk and I'm like, no, I like the I, I I'm in this. Me like now. angry. Yeah. I, I, and I just get into it and I'm like, I'm I'm this now. And like yeah, I don't this want is to who fix I am. It. Like I want to make it worse, in fact. Yeah. So Well it's, and it's yeah. it's we're not taught to give ourselves room for feeling we're not because like if you keep that inside and you're like yes i just want to be angry forever and you don't let that have room with any sort of expression of verbalizing it or taking it out in a healthy way or a good coping mechanism it just stays there and it festers and you are you're just gonna hold on to it it's not gonna change and you're never gonna get anything done and like i was just nope I'm holding on to my sad and I'm keeping it and you can't make me I'm not giving anything else room it's staying right here and slowly with therapy and medication and just living in general and figuring it out I'm giving myself more room to feel and so I'm not as I'm you know I can, I'm allowed to feel that sadness and have it but also I'm allowed to be happy which is a weird concept for me and I don't have to be under the umbrella term of a caretaker anymore with like considering my mom. Cause I don't consider myself 
a mom as being a caretaker. That's a mom. I'm a mom. I don't consider being a wife a caretaker. I'm a wife. So I'm redefining who I who I am. And I'm coming from being a skeleton. I stripped everything away. I didn't, I was like, nope, I am nothing but sad. So all of this comes off, all this skin, I'm angry and I'm sad and that's it. And I'm taking it all off and I'm a skeleton now and I have boobs and that's it. That's it. I fill out a sweatshirt and that's all I want, period. And slowly, but surely, as I'm giving myself room and like you said, learning more about the ADD and depression and anxiety and the emotional regulation and how we can like, process these things and actually somehow manage to have an art career which is really weird and we're very disorganized people but we still manage and I'm pulling skin up and just kind of like okay well I'll take this back now I'll just you know but I'm gonna make it different I'm gonna shape it different so I'm stormy like I'm I'm putting it back I'm putting the skin on again and becoming more than just a sad skeleton. I'm allowed to be a happy skeleton. I'm allowed to be creative and artistic and myself. And I'm allowing room to feel angry and room to feel sad and say, okay, I want to be mad. I'm allowed to be mad and I'm gonna express that anger and I'm going to learn how to do it in a healthy way. And I'm going to figure out why I'm angry. I'm going to dissect it. And that makes me feel a little bit better knowing like, okay, I can. I can think it through and be very self-aware. And that's not easy. That takes a lot of hard work. That, that took a long time, especially even past therapists yeah. were not able to do that. And and this didn't happen overnight. This is a year worth of therapy just specifically on that grief aspect and how my depression, anxiety, and ADD combined into it. That's a lot. My, my therapist deserves a raise. So like you said, we're finding out these things through podcasts, yeah. <laughs> through TikTok. Like I learned about another ADHD or another ADD thing. I learned that, that they have a new term for it. I learned that it's under the American with Disabilities Act because of TikTok. Like we're in an age where mental health is becoming less of a whispered thing. Like, oh, did you hear? He goes to a therapist. Why does he go to a therapist? Because he has a podcast. I don't think it's because he has a podcast. Oh, it's because he has ADD. That's probably it. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. yes, <laughs> it's it's not kind of like, you know, oh, we got to talk quiet about it because, you know, we don't want anybody to know that you're mentally ill. Like, yeah. I'm all about it. Tell me all of your mental illnesses. Let's connect over it. Like you and I talking about it. Like, dude, I totally feel that you are mentally ill and I'm mentally ill it's a party we're <laughs> I don't think I know anybody without depression at this point <laughs> yeah like oh you don't have depression wow aren't you spoiled <laughs> you know you get serotonin naturally I, I mean I know people like that who just you know uh uh what what's the term uh neurotypical people 
who are just like, yeah. it, like I can't relate to them. It's just I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know what, I don't know what their whole deal is, and I always assume oh, that they're hiding that? something. You know, yeah, so I just don't trust. They're them. super sketchy. Yeah. <laughs> but at the end of the day, we're all just skeletons with nice tits. Is really the oh last yeah, thing. I agree. Yeah, great note. And- to, uh, <laughs> what a great image to, to, to wrap it up on. We should wrap up. Um, okay. this is, this is, we're doing good though. We're doing good. Um, excellent. Let's, uh, do plugs and everything. Uh, let's tell everybody sure. where to find you and your work. Um, go ahead. Oh, okay. So you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, um, at Stormy Gale Art. I'm also on Patreon, Stormy Gale Art. So it's patreon.com tack. Stormy Gale Art, or is it a slash? I think it's a slash. And then uh, stormygaleart.com if you are looking for anything with, you know, buying sad skeleton stuff. Um, but yeah, that's where you can find me. And I try to post comics and content as much as possible. But if you want that special stuff, it's on Patreon. Right on. Okay. Well, thank you so much. This was a really great uh, talk. And, uh, you know, uh, next time, pandemic, whenever the pandemic is over, you know, or if it ever ends, uh, next time you're in uh, New York, hit me up. We'll hang out. Oh, hell yeah. All right. Let's let's do it. (laughs) Thanks once again to Stormy Gale. What a great talk that was. Uh, I, I, it just kept. We kept going. We kept talking. I I had to cut it off for time, but we could have we could have kept going. She can come back on. She can come back on anytime she wants. So uh, maybe we'll do that at some point in the future. Uh, until then, music is by Shea Bartell. Uh, he wrote uh, the theme song with me, Brad Pearson. Uh, did all the interstitial music, all that bullshit. Um, patreon.com slash selfworst I'm gonna plug that once again please uh, throw us some money we like that if we don't like it it's just necessary it's just what our whole society is based on you know anyway hope everybody's having a good week uh, we trudge into February and uh, until next time go out and fail it's good for you bye